You are listening to the podcast of Calvary Church in Irwin, Pennsylvania. For more information, you can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com. Well, thank you guys so much for for coming today. If I haven't the chance to meet you, my name is Nick. I'm the lead pastor here, and uh, we are really pumped. I got Michael up here today, and we're so excited to uh, continue a series we've been going through this month called Adulting. How many of you love adulting? Um, None of you. That's that's what I figured. Um, Adulting stinks. Uh, facing the realities and the responsibilities of just grown-up life. I uh, got to play basketball this last week with a, uh, a friend that I uh, went to high school with. It's been 20 years since we played basketball. And uh, as I'm sitting there and we're playing basketball, I was just thinking, man, I wish I could go back there sometimes, go back to high school when I thought things were st- stressful, uh, before things really were stressful. Um, adulting can be hard, and that's what we've been talking about throughout this series. And we're excited just to continue talking about how we process that through the lens of Scripture. So I've got Michael up here this morning. Michael, you introduce yourself. And if I haven't had the chance to meet you yet, my name is Michael. Um, I wear multiple hats in the church, but um, most importantly, I think, um, is I intern with Pastor Nick. And before I start, I just wanted to give honor honor is due to you. Um, the last year, year and a half, I've sat underneath your leadership, sat underneath you as a man, sat underneath your pastoralship from the church and myself individually, and it's such an incredible honor to, to know you as a pastor, to know you as, as a man, to, as a man outside of the church as well as inside of the church, and thank you for your leadership, thank you for your pastoralship for myself, but also the church collectively. I believe I can say that for every single person in this church, um, just being able to, to get to know you outside of the church, having lunch with you and the kids, having lunch with your family. It's, it's an incredible honor. And I wouldn't be standing here on this stage if it wasn't for you. So thank you very much for that. You're welcome. You're welcome. And with, with that being said, we are continuing the, this series called Adulting. And in reference to that statement right there, Pastor Nick, I once heard a, a statement saying, when you're little, you have little problems. When you're big, you have big problems. Can I get an amen to anybody? There we go. Um, and a, a big problem arose for me back in early August of, of 2018. I was walking into a, a building that I was so very familiar with, but the situation I was walking into, I was so very unfamiliar with. And for me, that situation was an interview for management. You guys are probably thinking to yourself, it's just an interview, it's just another rung on the ladder or the corporate ladder. But for me, it was huge. For me, it was everything. And I worked at a company for 11 years, and this was my end goal to get management. This was my belt around my waist. This was the title I'd hang over my head. This was my validation in life, was to achieve management. Back in 2008 is when I was hired for the company, August 12, 2008. So I worked there 11 years. And there's a statistic, people my age, uh, millennials, Generation X, Generation Z, I'm 29, um, don't stay at a job more than three to five years. So I was there 11 years. I kind of beat the odds in, in that sense. To me, that was benefit number one on my resume. Been there for 11 years. I was faithful for 11 years. I was honorable for 11 years. Transitioning out of that, I was interviewed by the same store manager that hired me back in 2008. Coincidence or ironic, that was benefit number two. I knew his work ethic, I, I knew his leadership style, I knew his management style. He knew me very well, he knew what, how I worked, how I was an, an employee with the customers. It was kind of like, scratch your back, I'll scratch my back. 
And throughout this process, I got to know him very well. That was benefit number two for me. And benefit number three for me was going into the, to the interview, I had the mentality that I would just be handed the job, that I would just be gifted the job because of my tenure of 11 years, because of my work experience or on-job experience, because of the relationships that I built in the district. So I was kind of Pitt South District. We had 10 or 11 stores. All the relationships that I built with our district manager, with our loss prevention managers, with corporate execs, I was well known in our district for the last 11 years. My experiences on job, I've dealt a lot with HR issues on the sales floor, off the sales floor. I had a lot of on-job experience. Um, I had the, again, the tenure of 11 years. I had the relationships with coworkers, with management. And lastly, going into the interview, um, my competition, if it's okay to say that, um, I believe I was head and shoulders above of every single person that was interviewing for this position. There was four other people interviewing for this position and I had the most of everything out of them. So going into the interview, I thought that I was a shoo-in. I thought that I was just gonna be gifted this job. I had the mentality of, oh, this job is mine. I'm gonna just approach it like that. Going into the interview, I believe it was a Monday or Tuesday, walking into the interview, my mentality was of that. Sat through the interview for about 45 minutes, um, maybe made one mistake in the interview, um, came out of the interview, and as I was driving back to work, I was putting the chicken before the egg. I was spending the finances that I was gonna be given. My salary was gonna be double, which was awesome and incredible. My title was gonna be of management. This is what I worked for. This is what I dreamt of. This is my validation in life. My schedule was gonna be a little bit different, so a little bit more um, homework balance. And as I was processing everything, as I was driving back to work that day, like I was saying, I was putting the chicken before the egg. I was spending my money mentally. I was processing of paying off my car within a year, paying off my student loans in a year, paying off all my debt in a year. That's a hashtag debt free, hashtag Dave Ramsey. Can I get an amen to somebody? That people want to be debt free, and I was already doing that. I was already paying off my debt mentally. I was already preparing for this job. I deserved it. I worked for the last 11 years faithfully to deserve this position. A week goes by and I sit in my manager's office, it's about 7.15, 7.20 on a Thursday the following week, and he's off the phone with the other store manager and he informs me that they gave the job to somebody else. And in that moment, if I'm honest, I wanted to quit, walk out and quit. I was devastated, I was frustrated, I was crushed, I lost the passion I had for the company, and I wanted to quit. I went out in my car on my lunch break for, for 30 minutes, and if I'm honest with myself, Pastor Nick, and you guys, I, I questioned God in that moment. I questioned God, why did he allow me to work 11 years at a company and not bless me? How bad is that of me? In those moments, I, I had those questions. I had those questions of, of doubt. I, I had those questions of, of God, if you've given me this desire in my life to, to work at a company and achieve this title, why did you let me not get it? Or why did I not get it? It's frustrating. And I had to come back in that, that same day and work and finish the day out. And I think we've all been there, if I'm honest. 
I think we all had moments in our lives where you think you deserve something, but you don't get it. Whether it's your husband or your wife and you've been praying for a child for the last 5, 10, 15 years and you've been praying and fasting maybe and you can't conceive a child for whatever reason it is. Or like me, you've worked at a job for 5, 10, 15, 20 years maybe and you've been passed up and passed up and passed up and passed up on promotion after promotion after promotion and they give it to somebody externally. You want to quit. And lastly, I think this is the hardest one. You've faithfully served your local church. You've served in kids' church. You've parked cars. You've been on the door greeting team. You've done everything biblically correct to the local church, and you still struggle with a physical illness or a mental illness of anxiety and depression. These moments, I don't take lightly in the real, but it's frustrating to us as human beings. And when life comes that way and life hands you those cards, sometimes it doesn't make sense and it's frustrating. And these are moments that we start wondering, pondering. Because when, when we don't get what we deserve or what seems to be fair, sometimes we sit back and say, man, life sucks and I'm just done with this all. And, and we've all been there in those moments. And, and, and these are frustrating times. We start asking questions like, is it worth it? How, can I keep doing this? How, how long is this going to last? When, when are things finally going to break my way? And we ask these questions because we have this expectation, like, I should get this. I've put in the time, the effort. I've done uh, all of this, and I should be getting this return. And, and these are difficult questions to ask ourselves as an adult. We process these struggles, these difficulties, these questions often in the context of our hopes and dreams, the things that we hope to see happen in our lives. And in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 20, Jesus shares this really interesting story about kind of this place in life that we often find ourselves. Yeah, we, we call this story a parable, which really means it's a fictional story uh, with a lesson tied to it or, or a purpose tied to it. And in this story, Jesus is talking uh, about uh, kind of the frustrations that we feel sometimes, the, the, the discouragement that maybe we feel, the questions that we ask, the, the, the issues that we face. And he's speaking really into those moments as he tells the story. It's recorded in Matthew's Gospel in chapter 20, starting in verse 3. And here's the story he tells. It said, about 9 in the morning, he's speaking of a, a landowner, a vineyard owner. He said, about 9 in the morning, the landowner went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. Can you say doing nothing? Doing nothing. Doing nothing. Do we like doing nothing? <laughs> I like doing nothing. It doesn't happen often, but I love doing nothing. So they're standing out there. They're doing nothing. He says, he told them, you also go and work in my vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. So this landowner, this vineyard owner, he goes out. He finds this group of people kind of standing out in the marketplace, and he says to them, hey, I need workers in my vineyard. Why don't you come work for me? And, and it doesn't stop there. So this is 9 in the morning. He does this a few more times. It keeps going. And the second part of verse 5, it says, He went out again at about noon and about 3 in the afternoon and did the same thing. About 5 in the afternoon, he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, Why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, You also go and work in my vineyard. And, and here's what's really interesting. Throughout this day... Uh, this manager has now hired employees in four different groups. 
So at nine, at noon, at three, at five, he's hired these different groups. Some have worked maybe a whole day. Some have only worked, you know, right at the end of the day. Uh, then comes the time when he's going to pay his workers. And this is where things get interesting because he kind of takes a little bit of a different approach uh, in how he pays these employees. And we'll pick it up in <clears throat> verse 8. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. And when those hired about the eleventh hour came, each of them received a, de- a denarius. And back then, it's, it was a, a full day's wage. Um, today, it's equivalent to about $3.50. Now, when those hired first came, they thought, if, if you knew your Bible, circle, highlight, underline, thought, they thought they would receive more. But each of them also received a denarius. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. And in that, those, those four verses, Jesus really unpacks um, what, what I believe would really boil our blood, if, if I'm honest. He's basically saying that whoever was hired first over here and whoever was hired last over here they're going to get paid first, and then they're going to get paid last. It's frustrating. It's not fair. It's not fair that they work the whole day of eight, nine, ten hours a day, and this group over here worked 30 minutes, 45 minutes, and they get the same wage. It's frustrating. And I can imagine Jesus sharing this parable, and the people listening to this parable, they're frustrated. They might get antsy. They, they might get vis- visibly frustrated and, and leave, but I think to, to that point, it's pretty clear in this, in this parable that the, the vineyard owner is, far, is being far from fair with his employees. And in fact, listen to how he responds. So they're, they're concerned, maybe you've done this before, they, he, they, they come to their boss, the vineyard owner, and they say, this isn't fair, we worked the whole day, we should get paid more than the guys who came at the end. Listen to how he responds, verse 13, here's what it says. But he answered one of them, I am not being unfair to you, friend. Don't you love it when you're frustrated with someone, they call you friend? <laughs> I hate, like, it, it gets you all fired up even more. You're like, don't call me friend. <laughs> Just pay me my money. <laughs> Just give me my money. That's, Show uh, me the money. Jerry oh, Maguire. There you go. Jerry Maguire. Quit calling me friend. Uh, he goes, I am not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for Denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give one who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? Now, when I read that, like, I'm irritated. I don't know if you get irritated when you... We hate to see things done wrong. We hate unfair things. We hate to see injustice. I don't, I don't know about you, but I can relate to where these workers are. Because it frustrates me when someone doesn't give me what I've earned or what I deserve. I don't care what it is, whether it's a circumstance or a person. It's irritating. It's frustrating. And, and, and that's exactly what Jesus wanted us to experience. And those listening as he tells the story to experience... Because Jesus in this story isn't trying to, like, uh, say, hey, bad business practices are okay. Do this. Or don't pay your employees what they're worth. You know, pay them less. That's not what he's saying. What Jesus is saying with this story 
is he's trying to speak into the emotion of our response, our reaction, when things aren't fair. Uh, and and in, in our culture today, we've normalized this response, that things aren't fair. In fact, we now have social media where we can rally the troops, and they can all get behind us. And man, look, I've got 15 comments, and they all side with me, except for that one, but I deleted that one. So <laughs> 15 comments, and they love me. And, and, and we are able to like get everyone behind us, and it normalizes this kind of bent, this victim mentality that sometimes we can take that I didn't get what I deserve. Can you imagine if these vineyard workers had social media at their disposal? This thing would have blown up. There would have been a hashtag equal pay. It would have been trending. It would have been all over the place. They would have been on CNN. This would have been a big deal. There would have been congressional hearings or something on this. Like, it would have been huge. Uh, fortunately, they didn't have that. Um, but this isn't what Jesus is trying to, to get at. He's not trying to get at what's fair and what's not fair. That's not what he's talking about. He's really trying to speak to how do we respond when things aren't fair, when we don't get what we deserve. How do we respond? How do we react in those moments? And it's the feeling that we aren't getting what we should, the the kind of injustice that produces strong emotion in every person. You might be a calm, pretty even-keeled person. And even in those moments of injustice, even those that are calm can get fired up because we hate to see injustice. And and into those feelings, those emotions, that, that reaction, Jesus is trying to kind of speak this idea, this truth. This is just a simple idea we want to share with you today. That when we focus on what's fair, we miss what's already there. When we focus on what's fair, we miss what's already there. So so often, we focus on what's fair, like, I didn't get what I deserved, all this stuff, and we're missing what's already there. Think about uh, this for these vineyard workers. Sure, their pay didn't seem to be fair, but they were paid. that, that might be more than they could have said for the day before. When he went out at 9 in the morning to, to get these workers, it said they were doing nothing. So they may not have even been paid. They didn't have a job, now they do. And in their argument about what's fair and unfair, they're forgetting about what they already have. They got paid. Something that may, they may not have been able to say the day before. And to that statement, when we focus on what's fair, we miss what's already there. If I'm honest with, again, myself and you guys, I don't like that statement. I don't like that statement saying when we focus on what's fair, we miss what's already there. Just in reference to my quick story about my interview process, I was so focused on what was fair. I was so focused on getting this title of of getting this promotion because it was fair to me that I worked 11 years of my life faithfully, honorably, and consistently, and I didn't get it. But to the back half of that statement, I missed what was already there. I missed that I had a full-time job. I missed that I had clothes on my back. I missed that I had a car to get to work. I missed that I had money in my pocket to put gas in the car to get to work. I missed all of that. I missed that I had a family and friends in this church. I missed all that, but I was so focused on what was fair because I didn't get it. And I believe in that, in that moment, we have two options as human beings. I believe we have, we have an option to retreat of those emotions, to just disregard those emotions and say that they're not there or you don't feel it. Or we have a response of resolve. And I love the definition of resolve. 
settle or find a solution, or decide firmly on a course of action. Read that again. Decide firmly on a course of action. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 2, it says, looking to Jesus. I love those three words. Looking to Jesus, gazing upon Jesus, fixing our eyes upon Jesus. The founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And as followers of Jesus, we are to look to him for everything, right? We are to look and to gaze at Jesus for everything. How to love people that hate you. How to love people that maybe don't think the same way you think or maybe grown up the same way you've grown up. How to lead people how to just hang out with people, but also believe in the context of the story, we are to look to Jesus to have the resolve to keep pushing forward even when you don't get what you think you deserve. Jesus modeled it to the extreme, having the resolve to push through. And for Jesus, just think about this for a moment, in regards of Jesus, the life of Jesus, the gospels in the New Testament. Jesus was mistreated by his own people mistreated by his family, mistreated by his maybe closest group of friends, the disciples. He was publicly mocked, publicly beaten, publicly crucified for the whole town and city to see. And Jesus experienced the ultimate, I don't get what I deserve moment, his death. Jesus experienced death. That moment, he didn't deserve it. He did not deserve to die. But Jesus had the resolve to rise three days later out of the tomb. And you're probably thinking today, sitting in your seat, Michael or Pastor Nick, I'm not Jesus. I'm not the Son of God. I'm not eternal. I'm not a deity. You are not, yes and amen. I'll agree with that 100%. But the scriptures maybe encourage you a little bit different. Maybe encourage you to have the resolve to rise, to have the resolve to keep pushing through those difficult moments in your life whenever you don't get what you think you deserve. Romans 6, 11, If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. When we focus on what's fair, we miss what's already there. You have the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead living inside of you. You don't have to run when these, when these moments get difficult. You don't have to retreat when your emotions are haywire. And you don't have to run from life. You have the resolve inside of you to push through. I wholeheartedly believe that. And just for a moment, as you're seated in your seats, can I have everybody close your eyes and put your hands in front of you? I'm going to ask you two simple questions. In your left hand, can you imagine, can you reflect, can you process every single moment that you thought you deserved something and didn't get it? What emotions came with it? What financial gain would have come with it? What title change would have come with it? Everything that involves this moment continue to to pile them up in your mind. And in your right hand, as you're doing that, I'm going to ask you another question. What 
Jesus gives you place in your right hand. All the promises of God, all the promises of Scripture, place in your right hand. And one simple thing, add them up. Add them up in your mind. Add them up all the financial gain. Add up all the, if it's a relationship, add up the marriage, add up the kids. Add up an opportunity to be the next rung up on the corporate ladder. Add them up. And in your right hand, add those up of Jesus. Add up all the promises of Jesus. And if you take nothing from this message, please take this. That the moments in your left hand will never equal the moments in your right. Jesus offers you so much more than your left hand will ever be able to equal. Because in the most undeserving moment of Jesus' life, the cross, he gave you himself. Jesus gave you himself. And of himself, Jesus gives you his grace. Jesus gives you his love. Jesus gives you his mercy. Jesus gives you his resolve to rise. Jesus gives you forgiveness. And if you've always retreated when things got tough, when you messed up, when you make mistakes, when you don't get what you deserve, today is the day not to retreat anymore, but today is the day that you rise. And not because of who you are, not because of who I am or who Pastor Nick is, but it's because of what Romans 6:11 says. It's because of what the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead to walk three days later out of the tomb lives inside of you and can live inside of you. That's the reason why you have an ability to rise above your emotions, to rise above the, the situations in your life whenever you feel like you don't get what you deserve. And all you have to do today is to not look at what's fair because I'm going to say it. We don't deserve anything that Jesus gives. We don't. But he gives it, keyword freely. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to push through. He gives it freely. And all you have to do is accept what is already there. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning in Jesus' name. We want to thank you for these moments that myself and Pastor Nick were able to unpack your word about the emotion of not deserving or not getting what we think we deserve. And I pray in these moments, Holy Spirit, that you are speaking to some people that maybe have retreated in moments of, of difficulty, that they've ran in, in moments where they should have pushed through. And I thank you for your word. God, I, I thank you that we can apply your word in, in these moments of our lives, that we can have the resolve to rise and we can have the resolve to push through. And if you're here this morning and you say, Michael or Pastor Nick, and I don't know of this Jesus you talk about. I don't know that I even had a free gift, that I even had something that was already there. Can I just encourage you that today, November 17th, 2019, is, is a day that God circled on his heavenly calendar for your life. That God wants to remind you that whenever you don't get what you deserve, that there's still more life out there that there's still more opportunities, 
just a few moments, I'm going to give you an opportunity to, to accept what has been there since the beginning of creation, all the way back in Genesis 1, that you can accept this gift of forgiveness and grace. I'm going to count to three. If this is you, if this is God tugging upon your heart, if this is your heart beating faster, if this is you realizing that in the moments whenever life gets tougher, when you have an emotional reaction, when you don't get what you deserve, and you want to accept it, just shoot up your hand. And all that signifies, all the raising of your hand signifies is just taking a step of, of free will because God's given us free will. So just say, Jesus, I accept what's already been there. One, I believe God's speaking to some people this morning. Two, God loves you for who you are, no matter your mistakes. And three, if this is you this morning, just shoot up your hand. Whether you've raised your hand or not this morning, I'm gonna just ask you to pray just a simple prayer with me. And it's nothing magical, it's nothing extraordinary, it's just, as we all say, prayer is just a conversation with God. This is to lead you in a conversation with God. If you guys wanna repeat after me, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. We thank you for these moments that we have today. We thank you for these moments that we have today. That you've given us You've given us scripture to unpack situations in our life. You've given us scripture to unpack situations in our life. And emotions whenever we don't get what we deserve. But I believe in these moments that we get the greatest gifts ever. And help us today to accept what is already there. Jesus' name. This is Pastor Nick Poole, the lead pastor at Calvary. We're so glad you joined us for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the message. At Calvary Church, we're passionate about leading people into an overflowing life with Jesus. We would love the opportunity to connect with you on your faith journey and hear what God is doing in your life or join you in prayer for any needs you might have. You can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com or send us an email at info at calvaryirwin.com. On our website, you'll find previous week's messages, a list of upcoming events, as well as resources designed to help you take those next steps on your journey of faith. See you next week, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. 